Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? We're back. New week, new us, same us, same studio, but we are back in your holes, gracing with mine and Murph's dulcet tones. Big man, how you doing? Great. Uh, really, really good. We're in a coronavirus-free environment, which is key, um, considering that... Oh, well... <laughs> Maybe not for stocks. Maybe stocks has just given us coronavirus. So, I reckon I had a true story. I reckon I had it at Christmas when I had a cold and flu-like symptoms, struggling to breathe at times. I think I probably would have had it. Well, if you had, I'd have had it. Exactly. But I didn't have it. But no, not everyone who comes into contact with it gets it. Pretty high percentage. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty pretty easily caught thing. That's why it's a whole thing. You see, you hear about the person in St. Helier, just down the road from here. A whole thing. Yeah, a whole, whole thing. If you're not watching on the YouTube, make sure you do, because Murph's just hands gesturing during this, this moderate thing going on. It's basically just a circle. It's a whole thing. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. As, as, as I said to you privately, I reckon I'm one of the big losers of the coronavirus. It's hitting my bank balance quite significantly. That's not a joke. I'm being serious. Like it's, it's, it's really hurting my personal business, and I had some nice little trips lined up to Munich have been cancelled, and potentially to Switzerland. That's... Uh, that's not happening. No go now. So, uh, and then New York, that's probably going to get called off to. Mm. And Brighton. Brighton. <laughs> yeah, no, no joke. It was the, the last one on the store. There's a big... Uh, Should have led with Brighton. There's a, there's a big event in Brighton. Um, 
I got my ticket through today. Um, but I reckon that's going to get cancelled by the time I come round. So, yeah. All in all. Brighton's loss. It's a big L for me. I've, I'm taking I'm taking the L. And then motivate myself by throwing it into the podcast. But you're not the biggest loser of coronavirus. I mean, obviously those that have died have lost more. And their Outs- families. Outside of them... You know, we can't blame Flybe. They were going to go bust anyway. Um, basically, just took anyone to have some sort of sniffle or trip hazard, and that would have been the end of Flybe. <laughs> Get the black and yellow hanging. tape out, B. Um, so yeah, they were they're on the way out. So uh, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a week where coronavirus is affecting my professional life far more than it should. So if coronavirus was a draft, you would definitely be a day one pick on the draft of losers. Is that what you're saying? You're up there. Oh, yeah, I'm up there. 100%. I am basically... If we're going, like, for me, coronavirus being one of, like, the worst draft picks of all time. I Yeah, basically, I'm, like, a first day pick that has gone past. Like, just awful. Absolute massive L. I'm going to end up like 20 years from now, like sweeping the streets. No, you're not. <laughs> Absolute hogwash. You've already had some stuff nailed in the pipe. Yeah, I know. But anyway, it's all I'm going to say is coronavirus. It sucks. It sucks hard. And sure does. Can't wait till it goes. I can't wait till it's rid of. It's going to ruin the Euros. It's going to ruin the Olympics. It's going to ruin the global economy. But because the pod is in a coronavirus-free environment. As long as you haven't infected us, then <clears throat> you say coughing, then we can continue to churn out more content. Dude, the best bit about this is we can also do it over the internet. So even if I do have coronavirus, I don't know. Is it contagious through microphones over the interweb? That's not proven yet. I don't know that. So we'll go with no for now and see what happens. Yeah, if not, we'll make it work. Lee can step in. Well, if, if to be fair, if you are watching Lee's behind the glass, he's also probably got it now. If I coughed and have that's it. true. But the the real winners of coronavirus are the listeners, because I wasn't going to be here next week, because I was on an air, airplane to Munich. But I'm here next week now, so yes. you know every cloud has a silver lining. That silver lining's for you. My misery and personal detriment comes at a benefit to all of you, and so there you are, Rush Nation. There you go. You're welcome. Thank coronavirus. <laughs> It's like a bumper sticker. <laughs> well, you got a shop, make a t-shirt out of it. No, we're definitely not adding that to the Can shop. we have a washing hands t-shirt? No. I feel like I can get some good use out of that. No. There must be some sort of good pun, but I don't I I feel like coronavirus is the sort of thing you shouldn't really joke about. Mm, I mean. I don't know. I just that's my person talking of the shop. Go so buy yourself a uh, a nice little t-shirt hoodie, even a jumper. Oh, talking of jumpers, side note, I ordered uh, Emma, if you're listening to this, stop listening now, spoiler alert, your Mother's Day present is coming, I ordered the wife a present from a place, and uh, it's a clothing store for women, but it's obviously run by a guy, because the, the email address I got the order from was dadmin at said company, so I thought, nice touch, this dude's started his own brand and he's not just admin, it's dadmin, so I enjoyed that, but yeah, head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk, click shop, get yourself a t-shirt, hoodie, jumper, Hats or not yet? Not yet. Because you're sporting a five-year rush hat. Yeah, and this is a prototype, which I, uh, if you are watching, this is the wrong logo because I use the vector, so you can't really see the rush in the middle. See, I can see that. It's the five-yard I'm struggling. That's the bit I'm talking about. 
But I, when I, ha- I was going to say, the rush, the rush stands out quite well on the hat. You know, it does really well. <laughs> if you can see it, it's the rush you can see. Um, yeah, so I want a snapback, but I can't find one that does, you know, the new era snapbacks, which you do know, have the embroidered front large logo. People only seem to do postage stamp stuff on hats. So, and I'm not paying £85 for, for a new era snapback. We need to take that road on the show and uh, find someone that makes New Era hats with proper embroidered things. We can take that show on the road. Yeah. Rush Nation, if you know someone who can embroider a New Era hat, get in contact and uh, I'll be buying one for sure. Definitely. And then we can add it to the shop. Murph, let's do some news. How do you feel about that? Let's do it. So the news today is brought to you by helmethouse.co.uk. You've heard, you've heard us talk about them before. Yes. Helmet House is uh, the home of all signed goods in the UK. Not all of them, obviously. Damn it, I was going to jump all, in there. All the good ones. <laughs> all the good ones. All the good ones. Um, so, you know, if you're like us and you try and do giveaways or you want to buy someone a really nice, thoughtful uh, you know, table decoration... As we mentioned, yeah. I've got a point. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I'll put my hand up so Murph could answer it. I'll tell you what you need to do. Head over to helmethouse.co.uk, buy yourself a helmet, then put cling film on the inside of it, and you've got yourself an anti-coronavirus helmet. It doesn't cover your mouth. Of course it does. It's got the the face shield. Oh, so you'll die. Why will you die? Well, because if you put cling film on the inside and it sticks to your mouth and you can't breathe... It's cling film isn't like a face hugger. You get it out the box. And it's <laughs> is it? Well, it, what like it, all right, like a bit of A4 acetone or something, just to stop the <laughs> spittle from people on the tube. The spittle. Look, this is this has got way out of hand. Oh, I love it. This is Lad Reed, where we've managed to pull in our sponsor and talked about coronavirus in the same. <laughs> coronavirus is definitely becoming the title of this show. It basically is. It's but, basically it's a show brought to you by coronavirus. Wow. <laughs> I wonder how much they're paying us. Well, not a lot. Nah. Umbrella Corps, you know, from Resident Evil. They yeah. make coronavirus. I'm 100% sure. Dang, but if you don't have coronavirus, head over to helmethouse.co.uk. Use the code 5 Rush for 5% off your order. Yeah, they've got some excellent helmets on there right now. Uh, other good stuff, merchandise as well, but mostly helmets. Um, and again, if you're like me, who have bought signed items in the past as gifts to give away to you or uh, the listeners or to stocks um you have to pay all those shipping charges um and customs charges and all the other taxes that are thrown at you by the government um and actually those taxes do end up costing more than the item itself this has happened the last few times i've bought things from pristine auction so uh, when you think you make a nice bargain actually when you pay all the taxes it doesn't work out that way whether it's at helmet house you can get a good helmet for a great price and something extremely rare because they're not common, they always get very, very good niche top players as well. Not just, you know, some random who, you know, play five snaps in the NFL. You like know, Corey they, Davis. <laughs> I think he's played more than five snaps. Sorry, Corey. But, you know, they, they do like Pat Mahomes and and Dak Prescott helmets and things like that. So go over to there, support small local business. They're getting bigger and bigger by the day. Right, Rush Nation. As per... We didn't even say what we're talking about today, Murph. Today we're going to be doing the running back one show. We've done the quarterbacks. Went down with some pretty good success, I hear. 
Uh, apparently so, yeah. I think people liked it, so we're going to go through the running backs today. It's been a bit of a delay while we brought to you some Supremo guests. Um, just before that, just want to cover off what we've recently put on the site. So the quarterbacks, points against streaming went up a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, your running back tiers uh, yep. have gone on the site. Pitsy's written a banger when he's talked about... Um, Two now. Well, yeah, so he... I mean, we we, talk, we covered the commissioner what's it like to be a commissioner but he has also written um he's written one about going from bus to lust bus to lust yeah. uh, which he's put aj green there spoiler i may or may not have had an input in this yeah I, it did have your fingerprints all over it somehow. no not all over it i just the diamond was put in with my fingerprints on and pitsy shined it up that was a good analogy that, that was a i good mean one. it was it's a shame that it's wasted on a player that hasn't played in like two years and that's why he's Buster Lust. Well, I mean, he's bu- well, he might be the lust of your life because you got a shirt with him, but the rest of us that live on planet Earth, he's just a bust or finished. I mean, well, I can't wait to his next move to IR. I'm looking forward to it. He, well, he might still be there. <laughs> <laughs> he might never come off. Um, so, yeah, there's some articles written. I wrote also one about 2019 rookies and their 2020 ADP. That went up today. Um, and then the running backs, PAS, will go out Friday. So. Was that some sort of reflection on their ADP? That's their current 2020 ADP. Ah, so last year's rookies and so their last current... year's rookies on current ADP this year. Okay. Now keep in mind that the prices are slightly different due to uh, they're slightly inflated due to dynasty drafts being more of the drafts that happen this time of year. But it is a, a data set of anywhere between 180 and 300 drafts. So There's a good amount of data to look at. Who's um, drafting now? We're helping quite a few listeners at this moment who are drafting. I've, this is like draft time off for us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we're only in one draft, but that, that, we, is, are, we, we are already made picking. one pick in about four and a half years. Yeah, I mean, it is a ninety-six team draft, and I think it's on pick. And we had the third pick as well, fourth, <laughs> Four, <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, it might be the third actually. It was yeah, three. It was three. So um, I think it, there's been about a hundred picks since. So we've got about another. Nearly 18, 100 19, to go. Yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> oh, Actually, I do think it's about 120, 130 picks will be made. But we've got a long way to go. But anyway, that's no one cares about our, uh, what's going to be a draft that will last till the end of time. Um, we have asked for some reviews. Um, we might read them out on Thursday's show. We've got a lot of reviews. Thank you very much for uh, responding and for writing reviews. Um, a massive, massive thanks because... They really make all the difference. Like, um, as a result, we moved into the top 80 uh, podcasts, uh, football podcasts in the UK. And we moved into the top 32 football podcasts in Canada. Oh, represent the Maple Leaf. I know. Amazing. Canada. Canada, we love you. We've always loved you, Canada. We love you even more now. I knew that all my maple syrup buying would eventually see me in the top 32 of football ranking podcasts in Canada. We've made some good podcasts in there as well, so I'm quite quite delighted with that. Um, we're also a patron. Uh, we do have a patron page. We haven't done a lot with it. Thank you to those that do sub. We're looking for tips in the jar um, or just as a thank you. We are going to start posting some exclusive Patreon content from April onwards. Um, that will be first on patreon before it moves on to either the site or the podcast stream depending on what it is i like it so 
if you are interested in some of the analytical stuff that we're doing breakdowns of the rb tiers or qb tiers or maybe just our overall rankings tier rankings draft rankings there's a lot of stuff we're doing right now um to get ready for the draft and get ready for next season um i'm even doing a mock draft i know what's wrong with me I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't even know why I suggested it. I was like, I'm going to do a mock draft. This seems like a really good, terrible idea. So terrible idea. Although, it is a very good way to learn about the incoming players. It is. It's a really good way if you do several mock drafts. I finished my big board, which I put out on the Twitterverse today, um, for top 200 players. So you can check that out. That's very deep. As well as also doing them by um, category as well. So by position. Question. Yeah. Does your big board cover all seven rounds? Well, it's no, because I've not done it as a draft. So I've not done every pick. What I've done is I've evaluated who I think are the top 200 players. So in the draft. you've ranked your players from zero to 200? Well, one to 200. I don't have a player zero, but yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, so I have ranked the players in the draft that I rank based on talent, ability, and taking into consideration things like. Uh, injuries, uh, etc. So I even have a kicker in my top 200. The dude with the glasses from Georgia. Yeah. Blankenship. Rodrigo Blankenship from yeah. Georgia. He was my kicker in fantasy. Well, there you go. He, his That's why I know he had glasses. Well, he is in my he is in my big board. Let me guess. 183. No. Higher. You have to read the big board to find out. Okay. It's available on Twitterverse. I have a new Twitter handle, uh, uh, Murph underscore NFL. Do you know, I had two people ask me today if you were leaving. Yeah, people have started asking me if I'm leaving. I'm not leaving. I just felt that... This is a good thing, Rush Nation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently so, or not. Depends how you feel about the podcast. Um, I just felt that my personal profile on Twitter is more just a rant station. There is a lot of moaning at TFL on there. Well, I praised one guy the other day. Patrick. Be like Patrick. Be like Patrick. He drives a 26 bus in London. He was phenomenal. More people should be like him. Makes journeys to work a little bit more enjoyable. I even took my headphones out, which takes quite a lot. Um, But, no, I, I felt that I started getting into a couple of personal discussions heated we got a couple of basically stupid people that uh interacted with us um that i've muted and um started interacting like i i don't say i took it too personally or too far like i regret what i post but realized that perhaps the brand is the brand and that i need to not be posting as the brand so i felt having my own uh nfl focused profile for retweets um people probably got stuck sick of the buccaneers retweets and stuff like that as well so um make sure that the brand stuff is more about us and the brand as a whole and i'll still post some stuff from there and time to time and but you know we'll keep the personal one as or the nfl one as more uh where the work is and you can find links to my big board in the bio and things like that so it's at murph underscore nfl you can find my big board ask me some questions uh ask me what i think about Draft picks, etc. But if you want to talk trains, that's not the one to do it on. No, that's at, at Maverick Murph. If you want to <laughs> hear about my squabbles with Domino's Pizza or Oh Domino's, yeah. But anyway, so that's but back to the Patreon stuff. Please do subscribe, even if it's just for one or two dollars a month. You still get access to the content that we do on there. We also do our other tiers come with merchandise if you subscribe to a period of time. So if there is something that you'd like, hoodie wise. Um, 
or t-shirt. I want or t-shirt and want to justify it you can do that through the tiers uh as well if you want to wait a little bit um and then get the content as well it works out really really good value so um we are going to post some stuff on there where it'll be exclusive to the patreon first so please make sure you do subscribe even if we might even put another tier up just sort of as an interim like entry level content only tier okay um just for people just to subscribe for very very nominal like less than a cup of coffee a month kind of thing which kind of, i think we got it up there we might just rename it from the tip jar to like a cup of coffee something like that for like two bucks a month i'll speak to my creative director see what he can come up <laughs> with absolutely but anyway enough of that let's move on to the news yep so it's quick fire again we've got running backs to get into and uh, murph and i have seemed to have taken up quite a bit of the podcast already so let's do some news so with the potential new collective bargaining agreement hovering over the NFL, the league has extended the franchise tag deadline. So the NFL Players Association and NFL Management Council agreed to extend the franchise tag transition tag deadline to 11.59.59 a.m. Eastern Time on Monday. And that's from NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. The deadline was set for Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time again. And that was initially being pushed from March the 10th. And that is because the CBA vote has been delayed twice and is now expected on Sunday. Why are they this could take a while but why are they delaying the vote? Why don't they just have the vote and if people don't agree with it Because it's quite a hefty document so you're talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages. So are people delaying it because they haven't read it all for instance or not taken it all in yet I think there's two schools of thought to this. The first is that actually this is something that is serious because it locks in for the next 10 years and people don't want to be bull rushed into a decision. Or slapdash. Yeah, and and also I think people are seeking guidance from leaders in the team. So Aaron Rodgers went on the radio the other day and said that players shouldn't be selfish and sign the deal. People giving him backlash because he's earned his money in the league. Because what it does is it does move up base salary. It does move up the amount of money that the majority of players in the league will earn. But there are things like the 17th game. There are things in there that um, put players' bodies on the line even more. Um, And it's the risk to reward. For the majority of people, this might be a really good deal because they earn more money. And considering that the majority of people come out of the league having not earned more than a million or two million. Is that genuinely the base layer? the, The the starting sal- like the starting salary in the NFL last year, I think, was what four hundred and ninety-five grand. Wow, that's what the majority of players earn in a, in a board. And if you think about it, like people go, "Oh, like well, that's still a lot of money." It is a lot of money, it, but it's relative, right? Income tax insurance have to pay a very, very high uh, health insurance premium on that because obviously the line of work they're in, the more likely they are to get injured. Mm-hmm. Um, insurance against and protection against their salary in case they get injured then you've got cheap (laughs) but then you've got travel relocation if you move from team to team like a lot of those guys will be in miami one year and be in baltimore the next year like like ross from last week exactly coronavirus so you have all of these factors so they're moving around that costs money um and then you have just the sheer non-guarantee that you might work past x amount of time 495000 sounds like a lot of money. And then actually, then you get injured, then you've got to pay those medical bills. It's actually not a great deal. 
That's why the four-year mark in the league is really, really important. Because if you make it four years in the league, then you're entitled to the benefits. You're entitled to the pension. You're entitled to um, some supplemental income. That's when you're deemed like a player in the league, officially. So that's why you get these guys, like Ross, for example, last week, where it's really important they get to four or five years in the league. Because then they get that extra... They get to be part of the players' union. They get to... um, get pension when they finish they get all the extra guidance all the extra counsel that doesn't come with your because you're basically paying it part of your wages is a contribution towards that as well there's other things that, that make the factor up so four hundred ninety-five thousand doesn't go very far um so bringing it up into six seven hundred thousand helps um there's a few other things so um the other school of thought is just the fact that you know the senior people or the senior players want more time to convince the others not to vote for it. So that's where we're at. Um, hopefully, we get a deal. Um, you know, I'm not here to weigh in on what's good for people and what's not good for people. The players will ultimately decide. The benefits to having a deal is that's effectively what's holding up all the free agency. That's what's holding up uh, franchise tags, everything. Right. So once people know what the landscape's going to look like for contracts. Now deals can be factored in with those additional 17 game seasons baked in um, and additional wage increases because the players can then start to negotiate in free agency. Right, well, I'll take this amount this year because we're playing 16 games. But actually next year, I want my contract to be reflective of the 17 games. So I'm going to actually want more money in, uh, in the back end of my contract and things like that. Interesting. Apart from Austin Eckler, because he's penned a deal. He's got it done. He has. He's penned it in. I think it's a it's one of the best deals I've I've seen that works for everybody. I think it's a great deal for, for everybody. You've got to remember Austin Eckler was undrafted in this league. He um you know, so he's been on the league minimum. Um you know, when he's first signed to the practice squad he got like five grand. And now he's uh he's a millionaire, you know, four year twenty four and a half million dollar deal. Um he he even responded on Twitter by saying, I can't believe it. Like, you cannot be serious. Like, for him, he's yeah. delighted. Yeah. And that's, you know, and it's one of those rare running back deals. I look at it and go, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's just a logical deal. You know, with the raising cap, six million a year for running back, it's not disastrous if that's your guy. He's also quite young. He's still only 24. It, it all kind of makes sense. It seems stupidly cheap for somebody who last year showed he can be one of the best running backs in the league. I don't think it's cheap. And the reason I don't think it's cheap is you've got to remember the amount of money that Gurley was paid and the amount of money that David Johnson was paid and the amount of money that... Um, oh, Lev Bell? Lev Bell was paid. I'm thinking Texas missed all the last year. Lamar Miller was paid. Thank you. All those players... Get them out of mic. Yes, get them out of mic. All those players um, aren't going to return the value of their contracts. Zeke got paid a, re- a huge deal. It'd be interesting to see if he returns that value because there is a point round year 25, year 26, year 27 where these running backs start to break down because of the tread in the tyre. Um, so at least with this deal, it's one that Austin Eckler's happy with. He's gone from earning... The league minimum, pretty much, to getting enough money to comfortably retire. He gets his four years as a veteran, so he gets all those benefits I just mentioned. He's going to be able to, on this contract, survive in the league. Because even if 
his place at the Chargers comes under threat, it's a tradable contract. Mm. It's one that a team would happily pay for if they see value. Well, if you've got someone like Gurley, if Gurley hits the market tomorrow, no one's paying it. But no one is paying his wages unless they're massively cash rich and willing to take a run and use him for a year. So I th- it makes sense for everyone because Eckler gets a lot of benefit. The team makes a lot of benefit. And uh, yeah, I think it, it works for everyone. Okay. We've uh, dived into this pretty deep <clears throat> coronavirus. And uh, I think I'm just going to do the next bit real quick. Actually, I've got a, one question before I dive into it. Las Vegas Raiders have released linebacker to hear Whitehead. Is that the dude who was on stage at the... Yeah, he was. Man, he's he's cool. That's a shame. Yeah. He'll sign somewhere else. Hopefully. So, yeah, the Vegas Raiders released linebacker to hear Whitehead. The team announced Monday. 29-year-old Whitehead recorded 234 tackles in 32 games over two seasons with the organization. Anything on that? I think it's a shame. I think uh, we met him. Uh, he was a good player. He was funny. Yeah, he's a fun guy. Uh, he'll get a team. Uh, 29's not that old for a linebacker. I think he's got a couple of years left. Might have to take less than what he was on, but I think he gets a deal somewhere. There's quite a few teams that need help. Uh, I think he's worth adding, definitely. Cool. Okay, here we go. Time for some speed. The Browns have parted ways with veteran linebacker Christian Kirksey. The team announced Tuesday. Over his six seasons in Cleveland, the former third-round pick started 54 games. The Houston Texans and tight end Darren Fells have agreed to terms on a two-year contract extension worth $7 million. Oh, kicker Kami Fairbairn has also inked a new deal. So if you own him in Dynasty... He's not going anywhere. After 13 seasons in Baltimore, perennial Pro Bowl guard Marshall Yonder is set to retire this week. He did contemplate retirement last season before returning for the 2019 campaign. The Giants traded for Leonard Williams just a few months ago, but now they're deciding whether to tag him or allow him to hit the market. As Ian Rappaport reported, the sides are nowhere near close to an extension. So they acquired Williams in a trade deadline deal with the New York Jets in exchange for a third round pick and a conditional 2021 fifth rounder that becomes a fourth rounder if the Giants do re-sign Williams before the start of the new league year I don't is that I, I, I thought at the time I thought the trade was dumb um, and the fact they can't re-sign him is even dumber <laughs> done and dumber I mean it is, it is stupid like I don't understand how when you traded for him you didn't get a deal done like, surely there must have been, we're going to give up a third and fifth round pick when we're rebuilding, by the way. So it's not like they were a contender trying to add a piece. They were eliminated from the playoffs almost when they traded for him. So you're just like, I don't understand the logic of giving away two draft assets. Leonard Williams was a great player. and I understand if you're going to trade for him, why you just didn't do a deal then. Like, you didn't just go, right, you want to come to the Giants what do we what do we have to do for a deal? Let's sort something out. Let's sort something out. And then even if you don't do it during the season because it's the season you're trying to just get games done, why have you not done it when you've been eliminated from the playoffs? Why have you not done it at the end of the season? How is he being allowed to hit the market? Because you've given up a third and fifth round pick for a player just a, like five months ago mm. that might not re-sign. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just baffling. It's more reason why I should take the Giants' job. 
Let's get that train back going. Murph for the Giants job. And then finally, Mike Garofolo has reported the Bills have signed veteran cornerback Josh Norman to a one-year deal. Norman, 32, has spent the last four years in Washington playing for the Redskins. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad move opposite Tredavious White. Although, you like your boy, your boy Wallace over there. I do like Levi Wallace. I think he comes in as a three. Um, you had some flexibility there. Listen, at the end of the day with Josh Norman, it's not talent, it's it's injuries, right? Um, I think the Bills are one of the only teams that could do a deal like this. Um, so, um, the coaching staff know him well. Sean McDermott coached him in uh, St. Louis, apparently, before he moved to the Bills. Okay. Um, so, he knows the player, knows what he's getting. Um, I think it kind of makes sense. I think he, like there's logic to it. It's not a silly deal. Like it's cheap. It's a six million rising to eight million dollars. Um, so I think there's a lot of logic to it from a coach who who has coached him before and knows how to get the best out of him. I just think it, it's down to can they get the best out of an aging player or are they just bringing him in as a culture guy? Um, which is fine. I mean, it's probably a bit high for a culture guy, but if he's going to take Levi Wallace to the next level and Tredavis White, who is already at the next level, um, add some character. We'll even just add some depth for a playoff push. I don't hate it for the money that they've paid. Yeah, okay. Right, Murph, let's time to... It's, let's... Yeah. Brain fart. <laughs> let's do some running backs. Yeah, so similar to what we did with the... Um, quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, I've done some, some tiers. Um, so I'm going to do a top 12 today and then... On Thursday, we'll rattle through. Um, I've got 12 more, 13 more actually, because it's pretty much a statistical tie between 24 and 25. Uh, and then I've added four more players. And the reason I've done that is they were all injury slash personal reasons hit. But there's some interest on those players that I feel like we should cover. So there's, it's a bonus bit on Thursday. Um, I've set the points thresholds. I looked at the average placing for like basically a top three week in um, PPR. Um, sorry, half PPR. I did this in. So I looked at the uh, half point. No, I did it in PPR. My apologies. So I looked at the, the, the top points as in the top three points and sort of found the, the average top three ranking was uh, week to week, um, which I put rounding it to 21 points. Um, solid was anywhere between um, 20.9 points to 9 points, which is a massive range, and I appreciate that. But they was, that was solid, wasn't going to win you a week, wasn't going to lose you a week kind of production. And I've done a bust from 8.9 points and below in PPR. You figure at that point, if you're in PPR and your running back's getting less than 9 points, that's a, a real area of concern. So... Uh, um, go on. No, I... Is it, over 21 points was only by three people each week. That's what made it. It's, it's a statistical average, right? So That just seems very few. It does. Um, I mean, it's more than that because actually you had some weeks that were bumper, some weeks that... Sure, but as an average, 21 points seems like a low amount of points considering when Christian McCaffrey was absolutely smashing it every week. You think he would have bumped the average up of points? So... Let's put it this way. So I counted on that basis, right? I said that if you had six or more weeks in in MVP level, mm-hmm. twenty one points or more, that is that is elite production. 
and there were four running backs that passed that total of six games or more, or six weeks where they got more than 21 points. Hmm. There was a further six that had between four and five, and anyone with three and below was everyone else. That is a teeny tiny amount. Right, and that's kind of what I wanted to get out of this, because I want to understand, from a consistency basis, who is more likely to consistently win you weeks? Christian McCaffrey. And Yeah. <laughs> and it's always going to have an elite performer when you have a huge uh, tier gap. I mean, Christian McCaffrey finished uh, close to 100. It was 118 points, 119 points above second place on his own. So when you've got that, it's it's just interesting to look at where they fall. So in terms of he on his own, but then everybody else, how consistent was their performance? So how many times were they in a solid range? How many times did they bust? And the reason that the top 12, spoiler alert, are the top 12, is that with the exception of two, they busted not very often. So there was consistency, maybe not at the top end of winning you weeks, but they weren't losing you weeks. And that's almost kind of when you're hovering around that 6 to 12 range of running back. That's kind of what you need to see. Because ultimately when you start getting into running back 14. Even like running back 17, 18. All the way down. They actually start busting a lot. Like far more than they achieve solid or MVP weeks. But they just have either a huge week that massively jumps them up the points total. So there's one player here who we'll talk about on Thursday that just had quite, they just had really high point scoring weeks. And so as a result, they jumped along above the likes of Le'Veon Bell, who didn't have one single MVP week, but actually had a lot of solid weeks. Mm. And then where's your value? Do you really want someone who's boom or bust? Or do you want somebody who is just going to be a steady eddy? So actually there's players. The idea of this exercise is to work out who's my elite performers. Who are the ones that are perhaps like similar to we looked at Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott. And we said we'd rather have Dak Prescott because whilst he doesn't have those super elite games as often as Deshaun Watson, he has no bus games. So again, we're doing this exercise for everybody to shake out. What are the anomalies? What are people that just had a couple of good weeks that were just absolutely massive and skewed their numbers? Because if you just look at points over the season, that doesn't tell you the full story as to how they achieved that. That's what we want to know, is how did those numbers make up? And then going forward, how does that... It's very similar to just looking at the box score, isn't it? It... Yeah, without looking behind the numbers. And that's effectively what this exercise is. So, So, Before we do dive into, obviously, Christian McCaffrey is number one. My initial takeaway from looking at the numbers here is that the difference between McCaffrey to number two was 119 points. The difference between number two and number 12 was 80 points. Yeah, 81 points. Yeah, so... Which isn't much. No, but considering how far ahead McCaffrey was compared to where... That's a lot. Well, and put that into perspective too. The difference between... RB13 and RB25, which we'll talk about on Thursday, the difference to that is less than 50 points. So actually, when you're breaking down these guys, you need to determine 
which one do I feel more comfortable with and why? And ultimately, it's those who had the most solid games, who busted least frequently. Because having one or two elite weeks is fine, but if they're busting so often, they might lose your weeks. Whereas actually, I don't want my RB2 to lose me a week. I want him to keep me in the week. Yeah. Right, let's start then. So, shock horror, Christian McCaffrey is number one. He totaled 393.9 PP, PPR points through 15 games, averaging 26.3 a game. And, uh, yeah, he had 11 MVP weeks, three solid weeks, and just a single bust week. Yeah, I mean, not not a lot to, to tell from this. I think that was a week he either got hurt during or took some snaps off. Or played the Bucks. Um no, because, I mean, might be actually week two against the Bucks because he didn't score. Oh, please be week two against the Bucks. I need to look at it. I do have a record <laughs> of it. But, um, but yeah, ultimately, Christian McCaffrey had a, a wonderful season. Um, wonderful. Ele- I mean, 11, 11 MVP games is, is impressive. So, you know, if you drafted him, he was, a, he was a league winner for most people. You don't need me to, to tell a lot uh, a lot of you that. Um, his MVP weeks was 73.33% of the time, which is hugely significant. Frighteningly um, So he always turned up for you in a PPR format. Again, that's the, the safety of, of a receiving back versus just a, uh, a running back. Just did he, he must have finished number one overall in standard as well. Uh, I mean, he would have done, yeah. Especially with that points gap, he would have finished easily number one in standard scoring. Yeah, because even if you take his 100 receptions away, he still had yeah. 20 points more than Aaron Jones. But then Aaron Jones also caught the ball and everyone yeah. else caught the ball. So it, it would have all staggered down. The gap would have been less. But but yeah, I mean, there isn't much to say about Christian McCaffrey other than it's going to be a very difficult season to repeat. There's clearly going to be some regression. But the thing I like about this is there's, not, there's the one bus game in there. So the chances of him... Uh, increasing that bust rate is slim, very slim. So he might drop a couple of MVP games into solid games, but on the whole, the the room to regress down is it can still be baked in, and he can still be the elite number one running back overall. What? Oh, it doesn't matter. We won't talk about Christian McCaffrey now. There's the whole season, off season. Let's talk about number two, and that's Aaron Jones. He had a uh, modest 275 total points through 15 games, averaging 18.3. He only had six MVP games, four solid games, and then busted five times. And that this is this is why this kind of numbers is is so important because you look at this and you think, oh, Aaron Jones, he had a phenomenal season, um, game season winning seasons. And actually, in the championship week, he was massive. Mm. You know, he had that huge game, um, 150-plus yards, and, and, you know, it was a huge game. Ultimately, though, with Aaron Jones, people will look at this, and if they weren't looking behind the numbers, will think, well, he's he was the second-best running back in, in fantasy football last year. And that, that just isn't the case. He might have finished there overall. That week 16 um, massively jumped him up the boards. I think he was about fourth coming into it. And ultimately, the the six MVPs, four solids, and five busts tells you you don't really know what you're going to get week to week with Aaron Jones. Now, Aaron Jones benefited when Jamal Williams wasn't playing alongside him. In fact, some of those big weeks was when Jamal Williams was out uh, altogether with injury. But actually, Jamal Williams was really hurting Aaron Jones' share. And there was quite a few weeks that that Jamal Williams was the pre- you know the premier back, and as a result, Aaron Jones ended up busting the other thing that heavily inflated 
Aaron Jones's numbers was touchdowns. So he had 16 touchdowns on the season, which touchdowns as a stat is just random. Um, for him to achieve that next season is heavily unpredictable and unreliable. Well, look at LeGarrette Blount from, uh, when was it, three seasons ago now yeah, when he played for the Patriots. Ago. He scored 18 touchdowns on the ground. I think he probably only totaled about 19 yards for the whole year. Yeah. He just punched it in from the one or two every time and next year was completely irrelevant. I mean, I, I don't see a way that Aaron Jones maintains that touchdown rate. So if he if he doesn't maintain the touchdown rate, then those MVP games drop, those solid games might drop, and all of a sudden he might bust even more. I'm not saying don't draft Aaron Jones, but drafting him as the RB2 is nuts. I mean, criminal. Like, there's just no world you should ever look at this points total and think Aaron Jones is, is the RB2 overall. Absolutely not. Aaron Jones should not be in the first round of anyone's draft this year. You should not even consider it. Because there's no stability with him. There, for me... You're buying him at his absolute premium this year. I, I, I'll i be honest. I don't think I'm buying in the second round. Me personally. I can buy the logic and buy into why you would get him. But there are far more backs in here I would rather buy. And as we hit them, I'll tell you. Because that bust rate massively scares me. Well, it... and it's And there's only one way for that to go. And it isn't down. Because if Jamal Williams keeps getting time and those touch times and those touchdowns go down, that bus rate is going to increase. Mm. It's not going to go down. He's not. He's not the one back on his own. And then add some weapons to Aaron Rodgers in the second year of a system he feels more confident in, where the ball goes in the air more. I I, I just think that this is this season is Aaron Jones at his peak, and there's far too many things that lead me to go down on Aaron Jones. Four solid games, five bus games. Just more often than not, he's hurting you than, than winning you games. And I think that's a that's an area for me that if I'm buying an RB one, I I'm gonna want a very good price on that. And the first round, second round, isn't it for me? I want a league winner. Mm. I don't want to be buying a guy with significant risk. And that's what Aaron Jones possesses. Looking at this data, so looking at somebody else who we would normally say was has significant risk. Coming in at number three is Dalvin Cook. He totaled 265.9 points through 14 games, averaged 19 a game, had seven MVPs, six solid, and just the one bust week. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the the one area that Dalvin Cook let you down last year was in your championships. He'd have got you to the playoffs and then you, you were dead um, with, our, with, with Dalvin Cook. And that is ultimately what you're going to be buying with Dalvin Cook every year. What he did do last season is he proved me wrong in the sense of I was not in on him at any cost last year because I did not think he'd play significant games. And now he's proven he's playing significant games. I'm still concerned with injuries because he broke down as the year wore on. He started brilliantly, decent middle patch. And then as as the season got towards week 13, week 14, that's when he started to, to sort of break down. So I'm still concerned that he can't play a 16-game season. And my worry with a running back like Dalvin Cook is if he's not going to be around for the playoffs, okay, he gets you to the playoffs, and that's not that's not a small thing. But you need to almost be thinking of that contingency. Having said that, what he did in the 14 games is nothing short of remarkable. Seven MVP weeks is second only to uh, McCaffrey. Um, 
six solid weeks. So 13 of the 14 weeks were brilliant that he played. That 14th game might be he got injured. I think that might be the case. And I know it was a game he left early. That could have been it. Um, finished second overall in average points per game with 19. Um, his ADP last year was around the nine mark. Alvin, uh, Aaron Jones was 14. That's just for, you know, so he was sort of drafted as a top 10 player last year. Um, and so as a result... For, Is that ADP as, as total players or ADP as running back? It's ADP as total players. Because uh, Christian McCaffrey's ADP wouldn't have been one. No, I think I meant to change that as uh, three. Yeah, no, that's total players, I think, because I don't have like a five or... Yeah. That makes sense, okay. No, it's not. It is, total, it is running backs. Apologies. Yeah, because I've got like James Conner as six. So he was the ninth running back off the board. Which is ninth significant tenth. value. Yeah, and Aaron Jones was the 14th running back. So if you bought Dalvin Cook last year, you did very well out of... Uh, buying him and he massively outperformed his uh, ADP for for running backs, um, which is good. Um, again, it's the injury concern, but I like the fact that he was solid and he was consistent. And again, when I'm looking at players, that's kind of what I want to see. The other part is the injury concern, but he's someone I might buy. I mean, again, the problem is, can I take him as a top three, top four back? I probably can't. Because I don't trust the injuries. But if he's there at the tail end of the first round, I am more likely to buy him now than I certainly was 12 months ago, based on this data. Finishing up on Dalvin Cook, we took him once in a league last year. And that was because you weren't there to make the pick up. <laughs> and I took him. Was that one of the leagues we won? What league was it? I can't remember. Well, I'll tell you what, you dig it out and I'll tell you if we won. Oh, please hope it is. Um <laughs> Yeah, and I think, listen, I'm always going to be in those early rounds a little bit risk-averse. And I think that's always done me reasonably well. Um, Dalvin Cook is one player I probably got wrong last year. You're not going to hit every ball at the top. No, absolutely not. And I don't regret it because actually if we'd used him in the playoffs, he would have hurt us. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't win that league. But we probably definitely got to the playoffs with that team um, and probably burned us in week 14. I don't know. Um, but moving on to Zeke. Yeah, number four. He he, You drafted him as, as your fourth overall running back, and he finished as the fourth overall running back with 258 points through 15 games, averaged 17.3. He had four MVP weeks, 10 solid weeks, and then just a single bust week again. Yeah, I think a lot of this season is... Um, I think he easily finishes as the um, RB2 last year had he not held out. I think the hell the holdout meant he wasn't quite at full speed. He was definitely um, suffering in those early weeks, yeah, um, and didn't really get going. But even then, he wasn't busting. And again, that's what I really like about this data is it's just solid, consistent performing. Uh, the one thing that goes against him is the amount of MVP games, just the four. So he wasn't winning you many games on his own. Which when I'm drafting the RB four, that's kind of what I'm still hoping for. But again, I think take that aside. Had he been around for preseason yeah. and training camp and been fit when he arrived, do I think that number would have gone up? Probably. I think that would have got more towards the five or six. There's definitely a couple of those solid games that could fall into the MVP games. 
uh, had he had a full preseason and everything. Yeah, for sure. So the next guy, you definitely didn't draft him as your number five running back, and that's Austin Eckler. He scored 249.6 points through 15 games, averaging 16.6. Drafted him as your 29th running back off the board. He had five MVP weeks, nine solid weeks, and just the single bust week. Yeah, so Austin Eckler's a really interesting uh, prospect to look at. So the fact that he just had one bust week, you know, everyone can talk about, well, when Melvin Gordon came back and... Melvin Gordon didn't do jack. No, I mean, he's someone that we are going to look at on Thursday. But what he what he didn't do was massively hurt Eckler, at least from a bus perspective. I would argue that maybe some of Austin Eckler's MVP weeks have potentially gone awry as a result of some of the touches that Melvin Gordon was getting. So, but five MVP weeks and nine solid weeks, so that's 14 of the 15 games that Austin Eckler played... Again, he wasn't losing you, which is which is significant. It's huge. Um, you know, when a player is only busting for you, he's only hurting you one week. You can afford to take an L one week. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, he's not losing you games. So Austin Eckler, for me, is a fascinating player to look at this year because we don't know who's under center, and that is going to affect things. But once we know that conundrum and we know Melvin Gordon's gone, one thing's for sure, Austin Eckler will be a top 12 running back. It's just where is he going to go in drafts? Because right now, I don't know. Because all his ADP data is going to be out of whack because people don't know the situation. So it'll be interesting to know at what price you need to get in at Austin Eckler at. If he's there in the third round, I'm snapping him. Oh, all day long. I think Austin Eckler, the reason he had less bus games even when Millie Gordon came back was the fact that he's one of the best receiving backs in the league, and that Absolutely. offers him a safe floor. I mean, he had almost 100 catches last year. Yeah. Um, and he had 993 reception yards. So he had an excellent season. And so when you put together that season, knowing that you also had somebody taking significant touches in the backfield, I still think they bring someone in to take some of the yeah, of course. the workload off off Eckler. But at the end of the day, why, why again, I, I really like the Eckler deal is because Eckler can line up out wide. I think he lined up out wide 20% of the time or more uh, last season. Which is a huge benefit. Massive benefit because eventually you can flip him and he can and the same be with McCaffrey, right? So McCaffrey isn't going to burn out this league at 27-28. He gets too much tread on his tyres. You just line him up out wide and he can play that role. Mm-hmm. And Austin Eckler, for me, is exactly the same. I, I genuinely do not know where I put Austin Eckler in my rankings right now. This data suggests to me that I'm going to have him higher than I thought I would because I like the consistency of what he brings. I like the upside that he can potentially bring. I like the fact that his floor is very, 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 very safe. I just don't know who is under center, and that is a big part of what they're going to do next year. So I think until we know that, but I think third round I'd snap him, second round... Depending on who's around, they'd probably take him. First round would be the interesting one. Yeah, 100%. Right, let's move on to the next player, and that's Derek Henry. So Derek Henry, the rushing champ. Uh, he was the running back 20 off boards last year. Um, we cleaned up with Derek Henry. We took him so often in late thirds, of uh, early fourth rounds of drafts, and we absolutely cleaned up. Uh, he had six MVP weeks, five 
solid weeks. He did have three uh, bust weeks in there. They were all very early in the season as well. So actually, when he was getting towards the middle and end of the season, as we've seen with the previous two seasons, when it gets to game weeks 13, 14, 15, and even 16, he just takes off. I think actually the game he missed was championship week, was game week 16 <laughs> uh, this year. And then he came back week 17 and won the rushing title with a near 200-yard performance. But once again, he just proved that he is an outstanding running back. He would have been right up there in standard scoring. Um, the downside of Henry is is the in PPRs, he doesn't catch the ball. So therefore, his ADP is always going to be lower. But he's 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 been someone that's been doubted for so long. Yeah. And really, it's quite unfair how often he has been doubted because he's never given anybody any suggestion that he's not good. No, my, uh... he's had a couple of games where he's he's not had good weeks, and he's had a couple of games where he might have been injured. But ultimately, this dude has got it done. It's been consistency that's hurt Derek Henry. And this season, he was consistent. You know, six MVP weeks, five solid weeks, three bus weeks. They're all very early on. He had no bus week after week six. That is 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 heavily important in the player that you are that you're invested in. Um, he has got huge upside. Landing spot is key with Henry this year. Yeah, where is he going to be? Well, I still think he remains in Tennessee. I think that's tailor-made for him. Um, ultimately, he's got to be better than, than uh, you know, ADP 19. Um, again, he's probably... I, I see him going in the first round of drafts. In a PPR format, it'd be interesting. It really would be interesting to see if I'd take him there. Because mm. I don't know right now. Um, late second, I'd probably hit the button. So this next guy, I reckon if you asked me to name my top 10 running backs, I would not have mentioned him because he feels like the forgotten man. Absolutely. And that is Nick Chubb. He finished seventh with a total points of 232 through 15 games. He had 15.5 points average per week. Yep. And uh, you drafted him as your seventh running back off the board. He had four MVP weeks, nine solid weeks and two bust weeks. Yeah, and, and the thing with Nick Chubb, again, it's very similar to the Derrick Henry comp. It's because he doesn't catch the football. Um, that's a big issue. But ultimately, Nick Chubb, four MVP weeks, nine solid weeks, just two bus weeks. He wasn't letting you down often. So he really returned on his ADP. Um, it would have worked out to be eighth off the board because Lev Bell uh, would have been just above him at 7.3. But ultimately, he still returned on his ADP. That's nothing to be sneezed at. His upside is capped with Kareem Hunt there, so that's going to be part of the equation moving forward. But Kareem Hunt didn't hurt him enough to have that's yeah bust weeks. Sorry to jump in, Murph. That's the opposite to Austin Eckler, almost, isn't it? Because Nick Chubb doesn't catch the ball. You expect his bust weeks to be higher because Kareem Hunt would eat into that. Yeah. Whereas actually, even in PPR, he still finished at number seven with a pass catching back taking some of his reps absolutely and and the other thing and that that's where his upside is maybe slightly capped um and he had more solid games i mean the only players to have more solid games than him is uh leonard fournette todd Gurley, lev bell james white and ezekiel elliott were the five players who had more uh solid games than he did um so what puts him that high and why is it seven is those those lack of bus weeks. And that's because he is so good at running the football. 
But did did he catch the ball at Georgia? Not much. Because Sonny Michelle was there, right? Yeah. And uh, DeAndre Swift. No, yeah. Yeah. De- Not Swift. Who's the guy coming in? Come on, the Georgia running back. Yeah, but that wouldn't have hurt Chubb. Well, if he played the same, it's Swift, right? He's coming yeah, in. Swift, from, yeah, Swift. Swift would have it. played with Chubb. It was so you would have had Gurley. Anyway, we we we're yeah. getting off task here. What? And also with Kareem Hunt, he's not necessarily going to be at the Browns next year, is he? Well, there's a contract option there, so he could be. Um, I think there needs to be some clarity there. I think Nick Chubb is a safe bet. I think he could be cheaper than we think he's going to be come ADP time. See, I don't think he will just because if people look at the yardage total, he put up a lot of yards. He was right up there with the Russian title up until the end. Okay. Um, He's someone that you can feel pretty confident on at the back end of the first, top of the second, mid-second. Because I think you can feel safe with the, the floor. Is he going to get you enough to win you a week? He will sometimes, and he will win weeks on his own. But he won't lose you weeks. And I think ultimately with running backs and the scarcity of the position, I think there's a lot of value in that. So he might not be the sexiest pick on the turn. But if I was on the turn, he'd be a great turn pick for me. At okay. the 112-201. Okay. That would be the sort of place I'd go, yeah, I'd, I'd smash the button there for, for Nick Chubb for me. Okay, because I like what he brings. He's at a very good age. He, um, that O line was terrible last year as well. Um, they improved the O line. They improved the holes. He'd get him more yards. He he's a sneaky outside bet to win the rushing title next year. Oh, I like that. Spoiler alert: If you do happen to read my mock draft, the Browns may or may not be taking an offensive tackle. <laughs> In at number eight is Mark Ingram. He had two hundred twenty nine total points through the fifteen games, averaging. 15.3, and you took him as your 21st running back, so he delivered on value. He had five MVP weeks, six solid weeks, and four bust weeks. I read a mock draft today where the Ravens took J.K. Dobbins as their first round pick. I know that's not going to happen, but I have so much conflicting feelings about this pick because I own Mark Ingram in my home dynasty league. I love J.K. Dobbins. I don't want him to go to the Ravens because I need Mark Ingram, <laughs> but I think it, him going to the Ravens would be a great thing because they will use him correctly. It just everything about that mock hurt my eyes and brain. Yeah, and I think Mark Ingram kind of hurts my eyes and brain because <laughs> he is a good player. You know, he came out last season um, again, a lot of touchdowns. Um, off the top of my head, I think it was like somewhere between 14, 15 touchdowns last year. Yeah, he had several weeks where he had two or three, didn't he? So, you know, he put up a lot of touchdowns. That's a number that will heavily regress. Um, that's something that worries me slightly in terms of bust. Second is his age. Third is the fact that Lamar will continue to run the ball and therefore take away Ingram's opportunity and forfeits, as you say, if they draft a running back. And that's very possible given Ingram's age. Not given to mention you've got Justice running Hill backs. there. Exactly, they do a running back... <laughs> excuse me, by, by committee. So Mark Ingram for me is, is someone that I'm fascinated in, but I don't think I'm buying at an RB1 price. No. Um, an RB2 price, I think definitely there's some interest there. I, I don't think I'm smashing him. And probably what? before the fourth round, unless maybe the end of the third. It depends how many running backs go off the board. Um, ultimately, the but- four, sorry, the five MVP weeks are nice. 
can't see him doing that next season. Six solid weeks. I think that will... Re- He'll see some uh, regression in the MVP column to the solid, but I also think he can see some regression into the bust column. So the whole thing could slide to the left. A hundred percent. Yeah. So the way I look at this is, you know, if I looked at this next season and based on them either taking a running back or, or just changing their scheme slightly, I, I could see that reading something like, um, like three, nine and five, mm. something like that. It's something that wouldn't shock me or three, eight and six. Yeah. Those are the kind of numbers I'd kind of... I still think he wins you a couple of the weeks, but I, but I think he costs you more weeks next year. I do think, though, that Mark Ingram may be a running back too, value-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, of some of the people below him in this list who will be drafted ahead of him again. A hundred percent. I would buy him at a an RB2, mid-RB2 level. I think that's fine in a redraft. In a, in a dynasty, I'd, I'd probably not be buying him as a top 24 pick. Um I mean, it depends on the rookies and landing spots. It depends on some of these guys. I think there's some of these guys in these RB2 conversations who, for me, uh, have got a very strong case to be an RB1 next season. Mm. So if I'm buying him in that, I, you know, I haven't done my rankings yet for the season. I wanted to get all these done and then start putting rankings together. You know, I, I feel like RB18 onwards, I wouldn't feel too bad. I think anything before that, I, I think I can think of 18 players I'd want more than, than Mark Ingram. Yeah. At this stage. Fair enough. But that's not to knock what he did last season. Dobbins would look so good in a Ravens outfit. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Number nine is Noodle Legs himself, Leonard Fournette. He scored 221 points through 15 games, averaging 14.8. You took him as your 13.3 running back off the board. He only had three MVP games, 11 solid weeks, which is solid, and then just the one bust. Yeah, I mean, Leonard Fournette put together probably one of the most boring top 12 running back performances of all time. And there is a guy who did it probably even in an even more boring way that we'll get to. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, um, <laughs> in the sense of I'd rather buy boring if it's going to deliver that kind of output. Um, ultimately with Fournette, he's not going to win you many weeks. Um, so the upside with there is incredibly limited, but he's also not going to lose you weeks. Um, I like that ADP of 13. I think 13, 14, I think is a a good range. Uh, nope. This was last year's ADP. I'm not buying him at nine. Um, last year of his contract. You wouldn't have bought him at 13 last uh, no, year. No, I wouldn't have uh, because of injuries, but he played 15 games. There, there's, a, there's a couple of reasons that I'm a bit concerned with Fournette. First of all, last year of his deal, there's absolutely no sign that they're going to give him a new deal. So how long do they persist with him? Second, Chakil... Uh, Raquel Armstead played the last week of the season and absolutely dominated and actually just showed perhaps it's more scheme than, than Fournette. Um, Fournette lacked a bit of burst for me last season and I think he had, I mean, he had a game where he caught a 69-yard touchdown or he ran for 69 yards. or something like they had a 69-yard play for a touchdown that before that play or when that play was finished, he ended up with 60, he was on, you know, he ended up with 64 yards. So he was on <laughs> minus five after about 13 carries. And that's the sort of thing that Leonard Fournette will do. Well, run backwards. <laughs> Basically. And that's what I'm worried about. And especially with, if they go a guard to under center and they're shipping a lot of pieces, if they start shifting O-line pieces off, because they're just shipping people out of there. And if they decide they're going to tank for Trevor, 
which they very well could do. Cannot be another tank for someone. Then I'm worried. I'm worried that Fournette is just going to get caught in a crossfire. Um, and he's either not going to be used or be used, but the team's going to be bad. So I'm not in on Fournette as an RB1. But on an, again, it's similar to the Mark Ingram. I would probably buy him over Mark Ingram, but not by much. Wow. Because I like the fact that he has solid games. And there's just not a lot of upside with him. He's not going to give you elite performance. Um, but you're taking him on at risk. So again, ADP 18, 19, I'd maybe be more interested, which is a lot higher than where I put him last year. <laughs> a lot. So in attends Chris Carlson. He had 214 points through 15 games. 14.3 points per week was his average. He had four MVP weeks, seven solid weeks, and then five bust weeks. Yeah, so the Carson bust weeks come down to uh, Penny coming in. He had that stretch in the middle, Carson, where he was fumbling the ball a lot, and he looked like he was going to lose his job. And then Penny came in, he had a couple of big weeks, and then Carson ended up getting the job back, and he became elite towards the end. Um, Carson has massive ball control issues uh, that he needs to work on and before he works on that that is where we're going to have to look at that and try and uh, see what we get out of him because for me there's an elite RB1 player in there Um, there was concern last year that he was one fumble away from losing the role completely 100% and I think that's where the bus weeks come from was fumbles and not being given the chance to play um, and Penny came in there, and made made the most of his opportunity, and and that's ultimately what hurt what hurt Carson. But I think Carson has, for me, a lot of upside that doesn't show in in these numbers a great deal. Ultimately, eleven of the eleven of the uh, games he's got in here are positive. Um, I think there's more MVP games in him. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking at the situation, it depends what they do with Penny. I can't see Penny challenging for the job like last year. There was a lot of uncertainty, which is why his ADP was 19 last year. But I do think that Chris Carson is someone who... I look at where he's finished at 10 and think he's someone that should have been higher. And I think he's someone that could be higher this year as long as, one, Seattle don't draft a running back. Two, he wins the job in camp clearly over Penny. Three, he fixes those fumbling issues. If all three things happen, that's a top six back. hundred percent. It's just those. They love running the ball over there. The thing I don't mind when I look at this, and it might be contradictory, I want to know the reasons behind the bust. With Jones, it's because it's Williams, and Williams isn't going away. They've made that clear. They, that that situation is massively ambiguous. With Carson, we know. We think we know that he's he's pretty much won that job back after almost losing it. And we know that he's going to be the guy moving forward as long as they don't draft one and he fixes his fumbling issues. When you can justify why players bust, it's a lot easier. There's a player um, we're going to talk about on Thursday who had a lot of bust games. But when I tell you why he busted so much, you can see the sense of optimism as to where he finishes. Um, Sounds like a Daniel Jones coming up. Uh, yeah, potentially. <laughs> Uh, he's not as polarizing as Daniel Jones, though. So, yeah, I, I like Carson. I think he would have finished the top six uh, back for sure had he not had those fumbling issues. Um, and I think he showed towards the end of the season that he's worked very hard on those. Absolutely. Right, let's talk about the next player who has enabled me by trading him in a dynasty league to be able to pick up J.K. Dobbins. 
That's the number one overall pick last year in the sequel. Jonathan Taylor. I listen, I planted my flag. It's probably going to be Taylor if he lets in a landing spot, but just it's gotta be Taylor. It doesn't have to be. There's absolutely no reason why Jonathan Taylor is not the one oh one. We can fight about this in another episode, <laughs> man. Saquon Barkley was your number one overall pick. He finished at 11 with 198.9 total points. Only 12 games played, averaging 16.6 a year. He had four MVP games, four solid games, and four bus games, which is the epitome of consistency. In the sense of he had (laughs) equality across all, uh, you know, let's let's look at the bus games first. So one of those bus games, he got injured versus Tampa and went out in the first quarter. It's counted as a bus game because you would have started him that week. Uh, He had a game where he came back and he came back too early and did not look right. That's half his bus games. The other two were in that sort of period where he was just sort of coming up, getting up to speed. He was splitting carries. He wasn't quite fully free of the injury. Um, the same way that his MVP games were very early in the season, his solid games came towards the end when he kind of resembled some form and got back. Ultimately, Giants had a new QB. They had a, a, a just shocking offense last year and had a horrendous amount of injuries, which is always going to tell its tale. Um, is this the real Saquon Barkley? I think we can all pretty much look at what happened last season and write it off and just go, no. What we saw in his rookie season is far more what we expect He's going to have a, a much better um, yeah. offensive unit now to to help um, a, a QB in his second year. Um, I think at the end of the day, I, I look at Barkley's numbers as sort of an outlier and say this is just a product of a serious injury and he is an elite talent. So I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these numbers because ultimately they, they're pretty meaningless. He was injured. He came back too soon because they needed him, because they couldn't put bums on seats. Um, and he wasn't ready, and it showed that he wasn't ready. But ultimately, Saquon Barkley is far better than four MVP games in 12. Um, and he will show that next season. 100%. Right, on to the last running back of the top-tier running back ones, and that's Todd Gurley. He finished with 194 points through 14 games, averaging 13.9 points a game. Had one MVP week, which was the shocker. Had 10 solid weeks and then three bust weeks. So everyone kind of washed up Todd Gurley last year and actually had a pretty good season, all things considered. Um, Again, spectacularly boring. You and I were buying him up late second rounds everywhere Mm -hmm. as sort of the RB10, RB11 off the board. Um, And ultimately he delivered um, what we drafted him at, which was an incredibly safe player. He didn't produce the upside that you and I thought, but ultimately he didn't cost us titles. Um, taking Todd Gurley in the second ra- in the late second round last year was not a mistake. Um, it wasn't a league-winning move. It didn't yield us titles, but he certainly didn't lose us titles. We got the player that, at the cost that he really was. That's never a bad thing. Um, yes, okay, we could have picked uh, Derek Henry. We were getting him alongside, so... You know, many of our teams had that construction of Henry and uh, Henry. We had Henry Gurley, and we had a mix of one of the top four backs when we were picking in the top four. So we had we had one team where we had McCaffrey, Henry, Gurley. So we had three top twelve running backs. Thanks for coming. It's brilliant. That's exactly <laughs> kind of what you want. Um, we had other makeups um, of a similar similar vein to that. 
so he didn't hurt you where you drafted him. Ultimately, we don't know what's going on with Todd Gurley next year. Is he going to be on the Rams? Is he going to get traded? Is he going to get cut? Kind of no one knows at this stage. We'll know a lot more. Yes, okay, he didn't have many elite weeks. He had one. That's where Todd Gurley's at now. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, the Rams as a whole, that offensive line was incredibly poor. They know that. They know they have to go and fix that. There wasn't anyone in that Rams offense last year that you took that produced you great numbers consistently. Not even Cooper Cup. He did well for good stretches. He had elite weeks, but then he had very, very barren weeks. Jared Goff was not a top 12 quarterback. Robert Woods, not a top 12 wide receiver. Brandon Cooks disappeared into thin air. The only player on that offense down the stretch was Tyler Higby. was the only one that came out of any form and of the league. And he was nowhere at the beginning. Absolutely not. Only the last five games. So really, when you're looking at this and you're thinking you're digging through the data, Todd Gurley was arguably probably the most consistent player for the Rams last year. He was the one that consistently put up performances. And perhaps it might be it's not, i'm not going to go as far as say this is one of his greatest achievements for a player that was heavily written off people are saying like oh well Todd Gurley's done in this league i'm not so sure because i think he's put up pretty consistent numbers you know if you think of some of the running backs that he has finished above this season he didn't do it in a glamorous way he didn't have massive boom weeks that just elevated his number he just had very consistent 60 70 yard games Plodding along, nicking a few TDs on the, on the, you know, the one yard line, two yard line. Although he'd lost some of those to Malcolm Brown as well, so ultimately, you know, he still had competition. It depends where Gurley ends up. Do you know if he stays at the Rams? I got a sneaky feeling. All right, he's not going to be the Todd Gurley of old, but I think he could be better than he was last year. I, I completely agree with that, and I, I look at that. I think he's someone that um, twelve is his floor. If he stays at the Rams. And they improve that offensive line. 12 is his floor. Absolutely. And once again, am I going to buy that in the late second, early third? All day. All day long I'm buying it. Why wouldn't you? I don't know. Based on, <laughs> based on this, is there's nothing to suggest to me. Yes, okay, there's not a huge amount of upside. Maybe you want to shoot for the moon. And I buy that logic. If you want to go and buy a guy that might produce an elite weeks, excuse me, Jonathan Taylor, for example, I, I buy that. Ultimately, I just don't want to get those early picks wrong. I don't think you can go that wrong with Todd Gurley in the early third. I'm all aboard, man. So listen, we're symbiotic. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what I. Yeah, I, I think solid weeks. Yes, there's no upside, but he didn't bust that often too. Uh, I'll take that for any of my players that I can get up my hands on. Hundred percent, Murph. That was it. That was the top twelve running backs. We've done it. We smashed it. There is. There's just one more thing I want to cover off. Um, before we get into the sign-off. You have three and a half seconds. Okay. Go. (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm joking. Come on. Um, So, yeah, there's, uh, as promised on Twitter, um, so we talked about last time we were on, we talked about the British Fantasy Football League that we're in. That league uh, expanded into a second league, which is a BFC. Um, The commissioner uh, kindly gave away three draft spots to us. There are three spots in that league. The last three spots, by the way, of that league to be given away. We announced one winner yesterday. So um, it is with great pleasure with talking to the commissioner earlier. Please be me. Please be me. Please be well, me. You're currently with me oh. in the BF or the BFFL. This is the BFC. My own little team. We should have said sooner. You yeah. should have followed us on Twitter. That's a very difficult thing for me to do. <laughs> <laughs> so 
to announce the teams uh, who are going to take part in the BFC. Oh, I can't do that. <laughs> um, Ryan Griffiths, John Taylor, that's uh, at Ryan Griffiths 21, uh, and at Johnny Tiz. You guys get the last two teams in the BFC. Congratulations. Well done, chaps. Um, so the commission will reach out to you tomorrow to get that all set up for you. That is it. For those of you that have entered, when the league expands to a third division, which at some point it definitely will. When Jacksonville gets added. You're all on the waiting list and will all get priority for taking part, for being part of uh, helping promote the league and promoting us and being loyal followers. So I'll reach out to those of you who are on the waiting list and let you know when that happens and you will have... Uh, sort of first refusal on, on teams there. Marvellous stuff. Well, congratulations. congratulations to Ryan and John. Absolutely. Murph, this has been a lot of fun. I cannot wait for Thursday show to do running back twos. Don't forget to head over to helmethouse.co.uk get yourself a signed autographed lid because Lord knows everyone needs one. This has been fun, big man. Catch you down the road. Rush Nation, as always, don't forget, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PREP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.